I would invite you to stand. Um, we're going to read a couple of verses here. I'll read first, and then you guys are going to join me in verse 31 uh, when we get there. So I'll start out in verse 25 as uh, we read along, uh, giving honor to God's word this morning. John chapter 16, verse 25 says, Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Join me now. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for these words. We thank you for the truths uh, that they contain, the encouragement they contain, the love they contain, the instruction they contain. God, as we, as we look deeply into your word now, ask that you would give us understanding, insight to understand what you're saying and to know what to do with it, Lord. We give you all the honor and praise for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You, you go ahead, take a seat. This morning, we're going to be talking about those last words that Jesus said there at the end of verse 33. We're going to be talking about having peace or being at peace. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in, in each of our lives. And the question I would like to pose to you is, as we get started here is to simply ask yourself, am I a person at peace? Do I have the peace of God ruling in my heart, in my life, in my mind? Am I a peaceful person? Now, if we were all going to be honest with each other uh, this morning, there, there's probably some of us here who would go, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm, I, would, I would say my default setting uh, is one of peace. I am, I am at peace with this world that God has put me in and, and my situation in it. Some, some of you may be there this morning. Awesome. Uh, you need to teach the rest of us how to get there, okay? Uh, because I think if we're going to be honest, there's a lot of us here who are like, um, you know, um, maybe 50-50, maybe okay? Like, like 50% of the time, I would say, I'm at peace. I understand what's going on in the world. I understand God's plan, and, and, and I'm, I'm good to go. But the other 50% of the time, I'm struggling, okay? I'm a, I'm a little stressed out. There's something coming down the road. There's something in my future that I'm worried about, that I'm anxious about. Um, there's a relationship in my life that's a problem. There's, I, I've, got, I've got some issues with, with peace some of the, some of the time. Um, and, then if, and then if there's some of us that are being really honest, we're like, yeah, no, there's no peace in my life, right? Like, it's just everything's falling apart. Everything's a problem. Uh, and, and I don't even know why I woke up this morning. Like, like they, they, I... I struggling, struggling with peace. Not, not a peaceful person, right? And you're probably somewhere in that scale uh, as, as you think about uh, yourself this morning. Um, and my encouragement to you would be to consider what did Jesus mean for you when he says, I have told you these things so that you may have 
peace in me. What did he mean for you when he said that? And that's, that's where we want to go uh, in this discussion. What, what is he talking about? Today's passage, the, the end of chapter 16, is really the wrap-up uh, to a four-chapter session that he's had with his disciples. This is the upper room discourse, okay? Chapter 13 kicks off. They go to the upper room, uh, and Jesus washes their feet and begins giving instructions and um, kind of end-of-life uh, uh, thoughts with his disciples because chapter 16 ends. The next thing is 17. He has his his high priestly prayer where Jesus talks to God um, about the disciples, even though they're sitting right there. And it's, it's kind of cool. We get to peek in and listen into what he's saying there. Uh, and then right after that, the soldiers come, they take him, and they, they ultimately take him to uh, the judges, the, to Pilate, uh, to Herod. And then he ends up at the cross, right? So this is kind of the end. This is the end of his instruction time with his followers. And, and what does he give them? Chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, so we've been going through that here on Sunday mornings for the last couple of weeks here at Grace Church, uh, kind of working our way verse by verse through these couple of chapters. And this is the summary. This is the end. He wraps it all up this way. Um, back in, ver- in chapter 15, he said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then at the beginning of chapter 16, he says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. It's the idea of being faithful, right? And then here in verse 33, he says, I have told you all these things so that in me you may have peace. So uh, an early draft of this message, that was my outline, all right? God wants, Jesus wants you to have joy. He wants you to be faithful and he wants you to have peace, right? And I decided that was going to take way too long to go through all those different steps uh, over the course of this whole passage um, and, and really focus in on his, his summary statement. Because we do believe, scholars agree, this is probably referring to this entire discourse all the way back to the beginning of chapter 13 up to this point. He's saying all of these things come together to peace. You should have peace as a result of this whole conversation that we've had together today. And that's, that's our hope for you this morning. Kind of our main idea today in this passage is simply this. You have to go to Jesus to find peace. Now, if you're following along on the little paper notes, I think our, our, our formatting got a little goofed up. So that may be like point one for you. It's really our main idea. We're going to come back to it again and again through this, this whole message. You have to go to Jesus to find peace. My encouragement to you as we go through this is to ask, do I have the peace of Jesus in my life? So if we're going to talk about peace, we probably need to figure out what exactly we mean by that. When we say um, having peace or being at peace, what does that really mean? Um, and if I'm going to be honest, it's kind of hard to uh, define the word peace a little bit. The, 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 uh, the state of being at peace is, is a hard thing to really grasp because it does look a little bit different for different people. Um, and I, I adhere to the rule of you can't use a word to define a word, okay? So it's, it's a little bit difficult. But let me, let me give you, here's, here's a de- textbook definition uh, for what it means to have peace. Uh, To have peace means to be wholly settled in a state of sufficiency, security, and harmony. To be wholly settled in a state of sufficiency, security, and harmony. So another way to say it would be, no matter what happens, I am enough, I have enough, 
I'm safe enough and I'm with those that I need to be with, right? It's this idea of peace. I'm, I'm settled. I'm stable where I am. Uh, being at peace in life is not about always being happy, it's, it's not about, I have no troubles in my life. It's not about, um, uh, I'm not worried about anything that's going to come at me or, or try to cause me trouble in any way. It's, it's, it's not those things. It's, it's something else. It's something that happens on the inside. In fact, when you first read verse 33, it feels a little bit like a contradiction, right? He, he says, I, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And we're all like, Cool. That sounds good. I'd like to be at peace. Like, my, I want my kids to be at peace. I want my, my parents, my grandparents to be at peace. Like, peace is great. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, in this world, you will have trouble. And you're like, wait a minute. Where did the peace talk go, right? Like, like you tell me, you want me to be in peace, but in the world, I'm going to have trouble. How can those two things be true at the same time? Well, um, Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's your state of being in the midst of trouble. That's what it means to be at peace. In studying the, um, the, the uh, Greek language behind this word that we translate as peace, I ran across this really, really great uh, quote I, I want to read to you. It says, peace can, ironically, prevail internally even when the violence of war is at its peak externally. So the violence of war is at its peak out there, but on the inside, I am fully at peace. Conversely, inner spiritual turmoil can be raging out of control when peaceful conditions prevail in the land. So I'm a mess inside, even though everything in my life seems like it's going well. Everything seems to be at peace, but I know on the inside, it's not. How can this be true? He finishes out and he says, uh, in other words, peace is a state of being that lacks nothing and has no fear of being troubled in its tranquility. It's euphoria coupled with security. So that's a lot of, a lot of big words, a lot of textbook words, just to, to try to kind of get across the point of being at peace is something that happens on the inside regardless of what's going on on the outside. That's what it means to be at peace peace. Um, but I like to picture things. I'm a pictorial learner, right? So, so when I think about the concept of being at peace, um, I think about a ship, a boat, okay? And I've got a, I've got a picture um, and I want to share. And, and uh, the, the reason I think of that is because a boat is designed to stay afloat, okay? A boat is designed to weather any storm, no matter what gets thrown at it, no matter how big the waves are, how, how strong the winds are. A boat uh, is designed to always pop back up on top, right? And it, and it might get a little wet. There might be some stuff that happens to it. But if you've got a good captain, a good pilot who knows how to steer, steer into the waves, you know, all, all that. And if you've got a good crew who's courageous and brave and, and, and able to do the hard work that needs to be done, that ship will always come back out on top no matter how bad the storm is. Um, when, uh, when I was uh, 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 in college, uh, I spent a, uh, a summer working at a camp, uh, and my job was to drive boats for the whole summer. It was a great job. Like, there are days when, I, when I'm, like, doing student ministry now, and I go, man, I miss the simplicity of just driving a boat all summer. Like, th- those, were, those were good days, and it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything fancy. I wasn't, like, doing tubing or anything like that. I was, um, I was just transporting people back and forth, because the, the camp was on an island in the middle of a lake, which is a cool idea. Like, it's a teenage camp. Just take all the 
teenagers out there, close off all the edges and leave them there for a week. Okay, we, we called it the rock. Okay, we called it the rock. And um, we would, we'd, we'd drive them out there, drop them off. And then all week long, you know, uh, parents or youth workers or whoever would come to like see their students and we'd drive them over there. They'd say hi, pat them on the back, say, oh, put some deodorant on. And then they'd leave. And I'd drive them back across on the boat. It was great. They loved it. Um, and I, I missed driving that boat, but driving that boat taught me a lot because I'd never been a boat guy. I don't think I'd ever even driven a boat before uh, doing it that summer. Um, and uh, it, it taught me a lot about water and boats and storms. And, and I became a boat guy. And I'm like, man, Sunday, I want a boat now, right? Like, it, even though that had never been a part of me, but I learned something about boats. They, they are designed to weather the storm. And um, as long as everyone knows what they're doing, it takes an act of God to sink a boat. It really does. It has to overcome a lot to knock it over. Uh, especially, I was driving pontoon boats, uh, and it takes a special kind of stupid to crash a, a, a pontoon boat. Not that there weren't some of my coworkers who tried uh, very dif- um, directly to, to do just that. Um, but here's, here's the thing. A boat can weather a storm. It can be good. No matter what's going on, it, it writes itself as long as the masts stay high, and it'll, it'll come back to the center, and it'll be fine. Things will get wet. They'll dry out. It'll, it'll be okay. But... The real reason I think about a boat is because because of this picture. Um, this picture uh, is by uh, it's a famous picture. Um, if you, if you know your art history, uh, this is a, this is a Rembrandt. Um, I'm not going to try to say his last name because he's Dutch and it's weird. Um, so he this is actually a pretty famous one uh, because it's 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 like five feet tall. Um, uh, is is the actual canvas uh, and it, it got stolen from an art museum like uh, just just a couple years ago and it hasn't been found yet. It's gone missing. So it's kind of like a it kind of famous in the, in the famous world. But the name of this particular uh, uh, image, this, this artwork, is Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, right? And if you want to think about what peace looks like, think about Jesus taking a nap <laughs> in the bottom of a boat during a storm, right? Because here I am going, I've got my ship, I'm going to make it through life no matter what comes at me, so I'm going to get tossed around, I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to come back up on top again. But you know what really makes that true? When you've got Jesus taking a nap under the deck, right? And, and just think about that moment when, when he's, he's, he's sound asleep. They're out on the waves. They're crashing. Um, I've been to the Sea of Galilee. It, does, it, it can get really uh, icky out there. Um, and you, you get, it, his disciple runs over. They're shaking him like, Jesus, Jesus, we need you. We're going to die out here. Like, you got to come out. And what does he do? He's like, guys, guys, it's all right, right? Like, he comes up and he looks out at the waves and he goes, he goes, calm down. Hush. Be still. And the waves immediately come to a stop. It's calm, right? Uh, the King James uh, in Mark chapter 4, it actually translates it, peace, be still. Now, that, that word peace is probably actually not the best translation right there. It, it really is like literally, hush, 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 calm down. It's fine, right? You ever find yourself doing that with people like, hey, guys, guys, calm down, calm down, calm down. It's okay. Everything's okay. I do this for my kids all the time, right? Because they, they freak out about the littlest thing. Dad, I wanted the blue plate, not the yellow plate for my chicken nuggets, right? No, it's, it's okay. Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. Be at peace. Be still. Is, you, is your boat a peaceful boat going through life? That's what we're talking about when we talk about this concept of being at peace and having the peace of Christ in your hearts. Um, So Jesus talked a lot about peace. 
You could say it was one of the things he came back to a lot. Think back all the way to when uh, the angels were declaring his arrival. What did they say? They said, peace on earth. Why was there going to be peace on earth? Because of Jesus. He came to make peace. Right? Um, so I mentioned this is kind of a, a wrap-up of chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, back in chapter 14, let me read to you what he says over in 14. Um, in verse, oh, let me find it here. In verse 25, he says this. He says, all things I've spoken while still with you. All this I've spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus wanted his followers to have peace. This is that, those verses I just read are right smack dab in the middle of this long conversation from chapter 13. And then he wraps it all up again at the end of 16 by saying, I want you to have my peace. I want you to have my peace in you. And later on, um, John chapter 20, okay, so now he's gone to the cross, he's died, been buried, resurrected, comes back, right? And he, his first interaction with his followers after uh, coming back from the grave, what, what is the first thing he says to them? Uh, chapter 20 of John, verse 19 says this, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed. And when they saw the Lord, and again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. But remember, uh, doubting Thomas isn't there. So verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now, sure, uh, peace be with you, you know, was a, was a pretty standard Jewish greeting uh, at that time. It still is today, you know, shalom, right? Like you, you say, you say, peace be with you. But it means, it hits a little different when Jesus says it. After coming back from the dead, right? And when you start to see this pattern, he tells his disciples, uh, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives it to you, I give it to you, right? And then at the end, I, I've told you all these things so that I that in me you would have peace. And then he comes back from the grave. And what's the first thing he says to everybody? Peace be with you. Jesus wants you to be at peace in your life. And that starts with your relationship with God. And then it spills into every single aspect of your life. So what do we do with this? Why is it that we have to go to Jesus to find our peace. Uh, I'm a little bit of a little bit of a nerd, uh, and I, I, I enjoy pop culture things. I like superheroes and comics. So one of my favorite movies of all time is the the first Marvel Avengers film. Okay, this is like it's like getting old now. It's like over ten years old or something like that. Um, and and it's the first time the team gets together. Okay, you got the Hulk, you got Iron Man, you got Captain America, you got Thor. They're all together, uh, and and it's a disaster. Everything goes wrong. They're all like fighting each other. There's infighting. There's all all this different stuff. And the aliens are attacking. The city of New York is like 
in pieces. Everything's on fire, blowing up. And so and the, the plane they're on is crashing and all this different stuff. And um, one of my favorite characters, Nick Fury, he's, he's the grizzly old guy with the, with the eye patch, you know, is on everything. And he, he, in the middle of all the crisis, everyone's losing their mind. He makes this great statement. He says, he says um, until such time as the world ends, we shall act as though it will continue to spin on. Until such time as the world ends, we shall act as though it continues to spin on, right? And I love that moment. And it's this great, it's a crisis moment uh, management technique, okay? Like, like you don't, like, businesses will give you seminars, how to handle crises. Just watch Nick Fury and the Avengers, okay? It's, it's great. Um, it'll teach you everything you need to know. It says, hey, until it's done, it ain't done, right? Until the world stops spinning, we'll act like it's going to keep spinning. Um, why can he say that, though? In, in this fictional uh, uh, situation. It's because he has faith in his team. He has faith in Iron Man, Captain America, and all, all those guys. Um, and and it, it works out for him, okay? Um, but he has faith. He can have peace. He can have that clear direction because of what he has faith in. Now, I'm not, I'm a realist, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy, all right? I understand superheroes aren't real, all right? But I do understand that our peace is built on what we have our faith in. And, and the question is, what are you placing your faith in when you try to make it through the trouble that is in this world? Verse 33 can be broken down into three statements. The first one is simply this. In Jesus, there is peace. He says, in, in me, I, I want you to have peace in me. That's why he's told us uh, these things. Um, do you have him? How did he provide grace? Or how did he provide peace to us? Well, uh, like I said, this is a wrap-up for the last couple chapters. We're not going to read back through all of those chapters uh, because we don't have time to do that. And we've already done that for the last couple of weeks. We covered all those verses. But let me remind you of a couple things that Jesus made clear that he was providing why you can have peace today. All right, all the way uh, back in chapter 15, uh, Jesus made it clear he was giving us himself. This is the vine and the branches passage that we covered a couple weeks ago. Uh, the, the idea is that as a follower of Christ, we are to abide in him, and then we will grow in him. When we center our lives around his teachings, his, his words, his personhood, and we try to imitate it with our lives, we discover who we were created to be. We find our purpose. We find our peace in him. In everything that he is. And, and if, if we choose any other thing, we become a dead branch that gets cut off. Right? This is the, the vine, the branches. How, did Jesus, how does Jesus give us peace today? Through himself first. But also, he gives us his words. Right? And I, I do want to read this one. Go back to chapter uh, 14. Um, John chapter 14 in verse 15. He says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Now jump down to uh, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jump down to verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Do you know why you can have peace today? You can have peace today because you've been given the words of God. 
You've been given the words of God, all the instructions, all the encouragement, all the inspirational quotes you could possibly need are found in scripture, are found in the word of God. It provides truth for today and hope for tomorrow. It provides conviction when you need conviction. It provides comfort when you need comfort. It it, it covers everything in the words of God, which you've been given. So when you're being tossed about in life and everything's going crazy, you don't know what to do. You've got somewhere you can go that provides that peace. The peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds in his word. So where do we go to find peace? We go to Jesus. Why can we go to Jesus? Because in him, we find, first of all, himself. He gives himself to us. And then we find his words. Not only that, he, he, is the, the, he sends us the helper. Um, because he came, give us his words. The Father sends the helper to come down. And what's the helper's main job? We just read it, is to remind us of all of that Jesus taught us, right? But it, we could expand on that. The, the, the Spirit's work in our lives today is so much more. It, it works on the inside out to grow us, to change us, uh, to, to uh, speak to our heart um, in, in moments where we don't know what to say or what to do. He is there. And as we put to death the flesh, and, and, and the spirit becomes more and more prevalent in our life, what we'll get as a side effect is peace. Peace is one of the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all, all the rest. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And he gives us um, not only himself, his words, the Holy Spirit. He gives us a new family. Right, right here in this, this wrap-up portion with his disciples. He's headed for the cross. What's the thing he does in, in chapter 13? He says, you are to love one another and, and everyone will know you are my disciples because of your love one for another. Right? He establishes this new community that, that is, will ultimately be called the church that is his followers loving each other, caring for each other. One of the reasons you can have peace in this world today is because you know you've got a family backing you up. You've got a family you can go to. And, and I, I hope you have found that here at Grace, that you are surrounded by people who genuinely do care for you and will help you find peace in your life. And if, and if you haven't, join a community group, okay? That's, that's the best way to do it. If you don't like the one you're in, pick a different one, okay? Go try them out. It's okay. You can jump around a little bit. Find your people. Guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your people. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, you should get excited about that. He gave us himself. Give us his words, give us his Holy Spirit, gave us a family, a better one than the one that we were born to, speaking of humanity at large. Not only that, he gives us his father's love. We just read that uh, at the end of chapter 16 um, in verse 27. No, the father himself loves you because you love me. You know why you can have peace today? Because your father in heaven loves you. Man, there's not much that I can't face down knowing that I'm loved by the Father, right? It doesn't matter how people treat me. It doesn't matter what's going on because my Father who made me loves me. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to beat that. But not only that, um, he gives us direct access to the Father. That's, that's what it means there. Um, those, the, the, the language is a little clunky there, but verse 26 and 27, he's saying, hey, you, you can go directly to the Father. Um, you, you, you will ask in my name, not that I'm going to ask for you. No, you get direct access to the Father. Yes, 
Christ has an intercessory role that he is playing out right now in heaven before the throne of God on our behalf. And yes, the Holy Spirit works inside of us with groanings too deep for words when we don't know what to say. All, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, all working in me through prayer. But you know what? I can right now talk to the one who made me. I don't have to go through a person or a ceremony or anything like that. I, I have direct access to the Father. How can, how can I not, in a moment of, of uh, lacking peace, a moment of distress, a moment of everything going wrong, how can I not just immediately talk to my father? Say, Lord, I need your peace right now. I'm overwhelmed by this situation. I don't know what to do. I'm not Jesus. I can't just say, peace be still and everything's better, right? Like, I can't do that, but I know you can. At least in me, Lord, would you give me peace? And then help me see what you want me to do in this situation that I'm in. Right? Because there will be trouble in the world. But not only do we have the Father's love and direct access to the Father, he gives us hope for the future and he gives us a new home. He tells us how it's all going to end. He, at the beginning of um, chapter 14, he, he told his followers, he said, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back and bring you. Right? We have a future. We know, we know where we're going. The number one thing that people get stressed or anxious about is they don't know what's coming next. Right? They don't know what the future holds. They don't know what's coming around the corner. In Christ, we know. We win. Everything else is just what happens between here and there. Why can't, why can't we trust God with that? If we're trusting him for our future, why can't we trust him with the here and now? And find ourselves in his peace. Guys, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. In Jesus, we have peace. But I told you that that verse, verse 33, breaks down into three parts, right? He, he says, I've told you things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. So you go to Jesus for peace. You go to the world for trouble, right? In the world, there is trouble. And this comes in all shapes and sizes because we're kind of reviewing specifically what Jesus just said in these, these previous verses here. Uh, Jesus listed out three things that his followers can expect from the world. In chapter 15, he says, they will hate you. So what does the world give you? Does it give you a new family? Does it give you a new home? Does it give you a, a, a spirit inside you? Does it, no, it doesn't give you that. It gives you hatred, right? The world will hate you. If, if they hated him, they're going to hate us. Secondly, you're going to face discrimination. That's at the beginning of chapter 16, verse 2. He says, they're going to kick you out of the synagogues. Okay, well, in that culture, uh, the synagogue was, was the epicenter for life, okay? It was, it was where you went to meet your friends, there to get your coffee, you know, you, you, you did business stuff, you did political stuff, and most importantly, you studied God, and you, you were following God there at the synagogue, and you did it communally all together. And you know what? If you're going to follow Jesus, you're out. You're not welcome here anymore, okay? And I would, I would argue that today, this is the level that most followers of Jesus kind of experience uh, in, in our day, to li day life. We, we might know some people who just, just hate us because of the fact that we're a Christian, okay? We're a goody two-shoe, we're uh, whatever, we're fools, we're ignorant, we don't believe evolution, how could you not? Like, all, all this different stuff, like they, there's some hatred there, but then there's just a whole lot of discrimination where, hey, um, you're, not, you're not welcome here. We don't want you involved in this because you're a Christian in some way. Um, or at least while you're here, you can't be a Christian, Right, that's, that's often more, more we're, you're allowed to be here as long as you don't act or say anything that's Christian, right? That's, that's how we experience it mostly in America today. But the third thing that the world gives uh, is persecution. 
Um, and that's, that's at the end he says, and, and then eventually they will kill you thinking that they're being obedient to God doing that, right? They're going to see it as an act of worship to kill his followers. Um, thankfully in America, this isn't where we face it, uh, very often. Um, that's, that's other places in the world that very much, uh, we are serving our God by killing you. That's, that's, that's the discrimination that is, that is seen out there. The persecution that is seen out there. Um, but that's what we find in the world. We find hatred, discrimination, and persecution. So the question is, where are you going to get your peace? Are you going to Jesus? Or are you going to the world? Because the final component of that is, he says, take heart, which is really the idea of be courageous, be bold, right? Take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, if you're a Christian here today, you'd probably say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that Jesus is, is bigger, badder, better, whatever than the world. But do we live like that? Do we actually believe that? Or do we keep going to the world to solve our problems? Right? I, I think some of the things that, that we, we tend to do, because I know I've done it before, is like we let, we let Jesus take care of the big stuff, Right? We let, we let Jesus take care of the big stuff. Like, like I know when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. And, I, and, and uh, um, you know, I say my prayers before bed at night, you know, asking God to provide and take care of my kids and all these different things. Like, I, I trust God for all that stuff. But in the moment when I'm stressed out, when I'm worried, when I'm freaking out, when I'm upset, when I'm angry, where's my peace in the Lord? What do I turn to? I turn to an emotional outburst, right, to get through my anxiety or my stress or whatever. And then I say, well, I was just frustrated. I'm sorry. You know, I was just upset. Oh, where was the peace of the Lord at work in that situation? Some of us turn to substances, you know, to help us get through wherever we're lacking peace in our life. I just need, I just need a, I just need a drink, you know, take the edge off. Cool, chill out at the end of the day. I just need a quick smoke. Quick smoke settles everything. Right? Why are we going to the world? Why are we going to what the world offers? Some of us go to relationships. If I can just have this relationship the way I want it, my life will be at peace. Everything will be safe. If I can just get her to like me, if I, if I can just get him to like me. Some of us go to a cause. You know, I need to dedicate myself to this cause or that cause to change the world in this way or that way because if I do, then I'll have meaning, I'll have peace, I'll have, I'll have found my place in the world, I'll be stable. Guys, the, the world is only going to end up treating us one way, right? All of those things are counterfeit things that draw us away from the one who can really give us peace when we settle in him. So my question for you today is, what are you turning to to find your peace? And is it the one who has overcome the world? Now, you may be sitting there and you're going, okay, I get it. I get it, Pastor Andrew. Jesus made a big deal about peace. Like, we should have peace. I've, I've got peace. I've got Jesus. Okay, but um, how, how do I grow in this peace thing? Because I do have an area of life where I don't have a lot of peace. Or I, I do have a, a situation that I'm facing where I'm anxious, I'm worried about whatever. And maybe I do have some things that I, I go to drown myself in, like, like entertainment, right? Like I'm, I'm stressed out, so I got to turn on my favorite TV show and, 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 and forget about life for a little bit. And am I still watching? Yes, I'm still watching. Why are you asking me? You're like, 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 so let's go to those things. So if that's you, that's you how, how do we grow? How do we grow in our peace? 
Well, in, in, in wrapping this up, I, I, I would just tell you, it's, it's the same way you grow in anything else in life, in anything else in Christ. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? You need, you need more of the Spirit, less of yourself. You need to keep recentering yourself on what you know is true. Do you ask yourself daily, who am I in Jesus? I am a born-again, uh, blood-bought child of God. I am the one that is loved by my Father. I have a future and I have a present. I have a God who's watching over me, who knows everything about me before I was even born. He knows my days. He's numbered them for me. He knows my beginning, my middle, and end. That's who I am in Christ. Do you remind yourself of that? Or do you let the world tell you who you are? You're never going to find peace if you're letting the world tell you who you are. Do you remind yourself of what is true in Christ? That he has made peace with God possible for you. That he has given you his Holy Spirit. That he has given you a family. He has given you a future. Do you remind yourselves of those truths? Or do you wallow in the world's truths? It happens up here first. If you want to grow in anything, it happens up here first. We've got to transform our minds by pursuing truth instead of lies. Then secondly, we've got to put our faith into practice. We've got to root ourselves in truth and then start acting it out in our life. We've got to grow in patience, grow in love, grow in peace. How do we grow? Well, very simply, um, I, I know a guy used to say it all the time. He said, when Jesus was headed back to heaven, he gave us three things to help us grow. He gave us his word, which we have in the Bible. He gave us his family, which is his church, and he gave us his Holy Spirit, right? So those three avenues are how you grow in life. Are you engaging the word of God daily in your life? Are you engaging with his family? Are you engaging with the Holy Spirit through prayer? Prayer is how we talk to God. His word is how he talks back to us. And the spirit works inside of us all along the way to smooth it all out and make us understand what he's doing, understand what he's saying. It it guides us, directs us. We have to be sensitive to it. All of those things. That's how you grow in in anything. So if you're looking at your life and you're going, man, I, I, I don't think I'm at peace today. Talk to God. Say, I can go to his word for peace. I can ground myself in God's word. I can build my relationships with others in the church. And that will help me grow in peace. And I I can spend time talking to God, communing with the Holy Spirit about this lack. And when you do all of that, you might find out there's something in your life that's robbing you of your peace. Right? Maybe there's some sin that's been festering for a little while. Maybe there's a, a wrong way of thinking that needs to be corrected in some way. Whatever it is, you, you, the Lord will make that clear to you. And then you practice, 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 right? Um, Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker? Do you pursue peace with God and peace with man? And, and maybe there's a relationship in your life right now that, that you know is broken. And maybe you can do something about it. Maybe you can't. Okay. Romans 12, 16, one of my favorite verses, life verses says, it says, uh, uh, as much as possible, uh, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men, with, with everyone. And I love that. It puts those two clauses. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Because sometimes the problem, you've done everything you can to make it right, and the other, the other person's just got to come and, and got to want it. 
Are you a peacemaker? Do you have the peace of Christ in your life today? I would encourage you, embrace what he has offered to you and give it to others. You have to go to Jesus to find peace. Verse 33 very clearly says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these words. Thank you for the peace that you give us. God, help us to understand this. Help us to know how to do it. God, help us to be people that are filled with peace, that that know how to go to you to find our peace, Lord. Make us this way. Help us to give it away to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.